is Upfront on the Voice of America. I'm Jackson Vungani. Thank you so much for joining us today. German president recently asked for forgiveness for atrocities committed by his country during its colonial rule over Tanzania in the early 20th century. I think uh, what is most important about this apology is the fact that the German people now realize that what they committed against the people of uh, these areas were atrocities, they were crimes against humanity. That is Generali Ulimwengu, a renowned writer and lawyer in Tanzania. Generali talks to us about the history of German colonial rule in East Africa and some of the brutal policies targeting indigenous communities that caused suffering, resentment and uprising from 1905 to 1907. And Afrobeat music has grown in popularity around the world with artists like Wizkid, Bonaboy, Davido and Tiwa Savage, among others, achieving international recognition and their music charting on global music platforms. However, many agree that the genre still has potential to grow and expand its reach and influence. My brothers are still learning how to do a lot of these things and how to properly set themselves up in relationships and write the right deals and you know, touring partners. Still things, they're still learning as they go, right? So I think it takes someone like myself and others who's done it before to come and say, listen, this is how you properly do it. And also, sonically. Senegalese-American music executive Bo Chiam is the vice president of Columbia Records. He shares with us some insights into how the genre can sustain the momentum. But first, as always, we hear from you, our listeners. Our question of the week is, what is the role of the UN in resolving the multiple conflicts we see around the world. Here is what you said. Me personally, personally, I don't see like UN isn't is not doing anything. Like it's it's supposed to look for measures like to settle all these problems together. Like they are supposed to look into it. What's the main cause of this war and what is bringing the war? Uh, actually, they are supposed to table all the members together such that they can come with one what one solution, like an agreement, but they are failed. My name is Navutundu Gloria. Basically, I think the UN is trying very much to do its job because security-wise, it is assisting nations that are going under wars. They are providing for the refugees uh, what to eat. I'm Nyombi Willi. According to the actions they did in Israel of giving food to those Palestinians, I think it's doing a good job. Yeah, in most cases, it depends. It's whereby you'll find that... uh, UN wants to intervene within, but uh, one of the countries is still contradicting with the UN's what roles. Eh? So it will prevent UN from functioning. Many thanks to all of you for contributing to our question of the week. This is Upfront on the Voice of America. I'm Jackson Vungani, and let's start off the show in East Africa, in Tanzania, where this month German President Frank Walter Steinemeyer asked for forgiveness for his country's colonial abuses. Historians estimate that over 300,000 members of the indigenous Tanzanian population were killed when they resisted brutal repression by the Germans. During one of the most famous uprisings, referred to as the Majimaji Rebellion between 1905 to 1907, 
Thousands of Tanzanians were killed and others died from hunger after German troops targeted their food sources. Renowned East African writer and lawyer Generari Ulimwengu says that even though some Tanzanians have long advocated for compensation and the repatriation of human remains housed in German museums, for many others, German colonial rule is relegated to the history books. Ulimwengu tells me that Tanzanians rebelled against Germans' exploitative practices that involved forced labor and beatings. Mr. Olimwengu, thank you so much for joining us. Now, German President Frank Steinmeier recently asked for forgiveness for Germany's, uh, his country's colonial abuses in Tanzania. Uh, give us a little background into when and how Germany began their colonial rule in East Africa and which other territories were under German control around this time. Around that time, um, the Germans were, uh, of course, in Tanganyika, as uh, you just mentioned. They were also in uh, Southwest uh, Africa, and they were what is today uh, known as uh, Togo, as well as uh, uh, Cameroon. They came in during the great period of uh, the scramble for Africa, and especially after... King uh, Leopold II of uh, Belgium had organized a conference in uh, in Berlin, uh, which was uh, originally called uh, the, uh, the Congo Conference. It was supposed to be a, a conference that was going to divide among the African, uh, the European uh, rivalries, uh, vying for. Uh, space to for spaces to colonize and to make sure that this scramble took place in a more or less um, organized fashion where the rivals would not flare uh, um, uh, up into open warfare um, mm. and they divided uh, uh, territories amongst uh, each other of course, as you can imagine, there was no African represented at this conference. They just took uh, cartographers, uh, European cartographers, who had a certain knowledge of Africa, which was very sketchy. At the time, Europe knew very, very little of Africa, apart from the coastal uh, trading posts that they, they, they visited uh, at the time. So they started uh, looking for... Uh, areas to go into from the coast moving inland they started uh, exploring the countries that they were they had agreed upon as their property back mm. in Berlin 1984-85 and that is uh, how the Germans found themselves uh, at in, the East same time in, yeah. in East Africa mm. uh, in the sense of uh, the late, later what they was called um, Dutch Post Africa or, or German uh, East Africa, um, and um, as well as uh, Southwest Africa, which is present-day uh, Namibia and so on and so forth. So you said they were in Namibia and some parts of uh, West Africa. What was their motivation to expand to East mm -hmm. Africa, and, and how do you how did it compare to other European colonial powers in the region? Well, the colonial enterprise was basically for economic uh, purposes. 
they saw um, these chunks of territory as um, spaces where they could make um, a lot of uh, economic uh, activities take place uh, through making the the Africans uh, uh, grow crops that would uh, feed the metropolitan uh, countries, um, and they 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 went about forcing people to to work and work very hard under the um, the most brutal conditions. And for people who are not used to working that hard, either for themselves or for anybody else from uh, outside uh, their uh, their countries where they they evolved. This was not acceptable. It was not accepted. It was resisted, and therefore the the um, the Germans introduced uh, what uh, was known as the chicote. We became very popular later on with the Portuguese, but the chicote, the the rhino, I think it was the the hippo hippo skin whip, which they used to. Cane, to cane the natives who did not want to to work, work for them. Um, it is not only the Germans. It's not only the Germans to be sure, because even uh, uh, Leopold in Congo used the same method, uh, even more brutal sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, as a way of making the Africans who are resistant to forced labor to work as hard as the they, they wanted them to to work for extraction of uh, of, of things like uh, rubber, like rubber uh, yeah. copper, and so on and so forth. It, it was uh, basically economic. Um, and and what were some of the notable uprisings or rebellions or resistant movements against German colonial rule in East Africa, and how were they addressed by the Germans? In East Africa, you had a rebellion in the southwest. Uh, southeast uh, Tanzania, Tanganyika rather, because Tanzania was not uh, yet born, it was not known. It was uh, southeast of the German East Africa colony uh, in the area around uh, Lindi, uh, Kilwa, and the area surrounding uh, that place. Then there was a rebellion in the southern highlands of uh, late latter-day uh, Tanganyika, which is, was around the, the Hehe land, uh, the country around uh, Iringa, Mbeya, Morogoro, and, and then the, the southwest uh, Tanganyika. In case you're just joining us, this is Upfront on The Voice of America, we're chatting with veteran East African writer and lawyer, Generali Ulimwengu. Generali is talking to us about the history of German colonial rule in East Africa, especially in Tanzania, in the light of the recent apology by German president for the atrocities committed by his country during their colonial rule over Tanzania. That was between 1905 and 1907. What role did the missionaries play in the German colonial efforts? And how did their activities affect local communities? The Germans, uh, just like any other colonial enterprise, employed uh, the, 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 their own clergy, people from uh, Germany who uh, would come to pacify, to pacify the, the, the natives. Mm. And they, um, they brought in uh, missionaries, they brought in uh, teachers, they brought in... Uh, 
administrators, and their role was basically to soften the native to make him accept foreign rule because they knew they knew uh, intrinsically that there was not a possibility that people would accept foreign rule easily. So they brought in uh, the, uh, the the evangelical German uh, class to soften to preach the Bible. Mm-hmm. And uh, make uh, the people more uh, amenable, more pliable to 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 the idea of uh, control by uh, by an alien uh, force. Mm-hmm. But these were were used uh, to, to some extent, and when it did not exactly work to the to the satisfaction of the Germans, then they used uh, the, the 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 armed uh, force that they were equipped with, and they were very very efficient as usual. Everywhere they went, they had uh, a, a very uh, strong contingent of uh, uh, soldiers. They recruited uh, local Ascaris, who they thought to be uh, as brutal as they were themselves, and sometimes even more brutal than they were. Mm. Um, and the local Ascaris were we are more feared than the, the Germans to begin with because they were ubiquitous. They were everywhere. It was easy well, to have big numbers. Were they recruited from yes. local communities or local tribes? Yes, they were recruited from uh, local communities, uh, largely. Okay. Okay. Uh, they had an infusion of uh, certain uh, elements. For instance, the Nubians, who had uh, been active in Sudan uh, during the... Uh, the Gordon uh, expedition and, and and so on and so forth, and who moved uh, later on south southward towards uh, East Africa. Some okay. of those Nubians who had come from basically from Sudan came uh, to uh, Latter Day Tanganyika, and they were um, because they were not they they didn't speak the language very well. They didn't know very many people. There, they had no familial or um, they had no connection activity. really to the land. They, they had no connection, so they tended to be more um, more brutal than uh, if you had uh, recruited people from the local communities. Right, so right. There was a, a system of, of uh, repression and uh, and and executions and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. The Majimaji Rebellion, which started uh, in uh, in the area area around. Uh, Kilwa was one such uh, rebellion, the Hehe uh, rebellion under um, Kwawa, the Ngoni uh, rebellion in uh, Songea with people like uh, Songea Chief Songea, Chief Chabruma, and the other people who organized this rebellion and uh, uh, were defeated necessarily because they had the inferior arms and the Germans um, uh, had the better of them because of superior technology and uh, more effective arms and they they were they, they were massacred they, mm-hmm. the leaders of the rebellion were hanged uh, and that is what the president saw the president of germany saw uh, the other day when he went to songer with the right. pictures of those who were hanged by the germans but apart from those leaders the chiefs who had uh, mobilized their people to resist German occupation who were hanged. The same German uh, colonial machine in Southwest Africa uh, massacred the Herero and the Nama people 
were also resistant to to uh, German occupation. So President uh, Walter Steinmeier of Germany has asked for forgiveness for the those atrocities. What does this apology mean for Tanzanians and Tanzanian tribes, especially so that were affected? I think uh, what is most important about this apology is the fact that the German people now realize, they have realized, um, that what they committed against the people of uh, these areas were atrocities, uh, they were crimes um, against humanity, and they needed to make an apology. I think that is the most important thing. Uh, because the recognition that these uh, uh, acts constitute crimes against humanity is a way of guaranteeing that we don't go back to that era uh, again, ever again. And that we should, uh, on the one hand, desist from the temptation of repeating those, uh, those atrocities, but on the other hand also, on the part of those who would fall victims, to refuse to succumb to such uh, uh, um, deprivations and uh, atrocities that are imposed by an, an outside, an outside uh, force, or indeed any force at all, including internal forces, that you refuse to be subjugated by forces either external or internal, that mm. you want to live as a human being, free from uh, subjugation, free from slavery, free from exploitation and you want to have your own future determined by yourself. Now, is this something that uh, Tanzanians had been hoping for or had been asking for or demanding for? Tanzanians who are in the know, people who know the history of, uh, uh, of our past, um, people who know what happened to this country, have been talking about this. In school, these uh, historical facts are taught. But there is, it is not like there is a big movement that is calling for either an apology or uh, uh, reparations being paid and so on and so forth. You know, some of these um, long gone uh, historical events, as, as be, they become at some stage, they assume an academic character. People do not really um, feel like they're connected immediately. There's something uh, urgent for them to to hold on to and make demands. Um, except those who are in the in the business of digging history, getting knowledge, uh, learning exactly what happened to their people, and people who keep uh, museums like the ones in uh, in Songhea, where the German president was who keep um, uh, memorabilia, photographs, uh, the, the gallows that were used to hang those people and so on and so forth. We're chatting with East African writer and lawyer Generali Ulimwengu. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Celebrate the sounds of Africa today, yesterday, and tomorrow. That's our mission in your show, Music Time in Africa. Hello, I'm your host, Heather Maxwell. Join me every Saturday and Sunday at 1500 and 2000 UTC and discover the best Pan-African music in the world. We play it all right here, only the best on VOA Africa. Welcome back. This is Upfront on The Voice of America. 
We're still chatting with renowned East African writer and lawyer, Generali Ulimwengu. This month, German President Frank Walter Steinemeyer asked for forgiveness for his country's colonial abuses in Tanzania. It is estimated that over 300,000 members of indigenous Tanzanian populations were killed when they resisted the brutal repression by the Germans. Germany lost Tanzania and other territories that it was controlling after it lost the, the First World War. But what, what would you say is the legacy of its colonial period in, in East Africa, especially so in Tanzania today, in, in terms of both the historical memory and its impact on contemporary social and uh, political dynamics? When I was young, I used to sit down and listen to very old people talk about the Germans and the way they used to rule, the the discipline that they they imposed, the the harsh punishment that they imposed if you uh, seem to be lazy or dishonest and, and things like that. And they the old people used to have this kind of uh, respect for Germans because they said, oh, it's not like these uh, soft soft uh, Englishmen. The Germans were real. Um, Hard taskmasters, if you if you wish, uh, who didn't uh, uh, stand for lazy people and uh, um, uh, layabouts. They would uh, uh, give you. They had a, a standard um, punishment, which was uh, what they called. Then they used an, an, an Arabic expression. Actually, it was a, a number of uh, strokes on your backside. It was, they used to call it the Hamsawai Shirin, meaning 25. Mm-hmm. 25 strokes on your backside, it couldn't have been fun. Uh, so they are known uh, for that kind of uh, stern administration and stern punishment meted out to people who were seen to be uh, lazy, uh, lazy or irresponsible. But in Germany, um, a long time ago, I used to go to Germany. And I saw in places like uh, Bonn uh, traces of uh, of uh, Tanganyika because you you had uh, streets named after Tanganyika names like Kongwa uh, Strasse, Bagamoyo Strasse, and uh, things like Tanganyika Strasse and things like that, Lushoto Strasse. There was a certain nostalgic uh, uh, attachment to Tanganyika. Uh, if long after they had left uh, the territory, which shows that they really fell in love with this uh, uh, this country. They loved the uh, atmosphere, whatever the climatic conditions in places like Tanga, for instance, means places like Wushoto, uh, with the cool, uh, um, uh, hilly uh, landscape and so on and so forth. So there is that, but but then it is a long time ago. It's almost a century since they were, no, not almost, it's more than a century since they were kicked out. Mm. So memories fade and they go away. But at, at least in Germany, you, you find uh, those uh, those landmarks that remind you that they were in uh, 
There's the, there's the nostalgia there about about their time. I guess they they had a good time in at, 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 when when they they enjoyed their time in Tanzania at the time. Yeah. If they still have those attachments. Generally, thank you yeah, so much for take, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. That was renowned East African writer and lawyer Generali Ulimwengu. I reached him in Dar es Salaam in Tanzania. This is upfront on the Voice of America. I'm Jackson Vungani. Now, Afrobeats music has grown in popularity around the world with artists like Wizkid, Banner Boy, Davido, and Tiwa Savage, and many others achieving international recognition and their music charting on global music platforms. However, many agree that the genre still has potential to grow and expand its reach and influence. On my recent trip to Atlanta in Georgia, I caught up with the one person who would know what needs to be done to realize this potential. Columbia Records Vice President Buchiam. With deep knowledge on the trends shaping the global music industry, Bu has achieved considerable success in the music business, especially in the talent management sector. He's managed the careers of some well-known musicians, including Lady Gaga, Chris Brown, T-Pain, Kanye West, and many others. In our wide-ranging conversation at his Boo Vision Studios in Atlanta, I asked him what it will take for Afrobeats to sustain the momentum. Personally, my taste as far as Boo Vision and my company is artists to have, you know, legacy potential and to have the opportunity to be able to have success um, and that can also change lives and, 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 and you know, and, and, and people. impact people yeah. in a different kind of way. Yeah. That's really how I how I see it. You I know? love it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, let's talk about Afrobeat. Afrobeat yeah. has been on a trajectory That's right. in the last five, six, seven, That's ten right. years. That's right. Um, things that, you know, we, that are unimaginable. That's you right. Barna selling our stadiums. That's right. Ashake, yeah. Davido, Wizkid. Uh, what's the future for uh, Afrobeats, where does the game go from now? As a visionary yourself mm -hmm. who has been around, uh, where do you see this going? How do we, how does the culture elevate from right. where it is right now? Well, for one, shout out to all those brothers you mentioned. Um, they all are pushing the, you know, the culture forward. And, 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 and kudos to them and shout out to them. And I love all, I love what all those brothers are doing. Um, and I think that it's only going to get bigger like anything else. To me, that's just, it's just a start. And I think now, for me, I'm like, okay, well, where is the artist that's going to be, that's going like, right, even right now, when you look at, like, the charts, right, you look at, like, you know, the, the top 100, you know, worldwide, right? Rimmer, Rimmer was close, and I was, I was really hoping that he would have had, like, a number one record, but I think he, like, peaked at four. I want to see more of what's on those charts. Like yes, the, the Nigerian chart is is great, and we have and we able to compete with each other. But now it's time for us to compete with the world. You know what I mean? Consistently, you know, like Latin music is doing now. You know what I mean? Like like Bad Bunny is competing with Drake. Yeah. He he's not competing with Dave. He's not competing with other Latin artists. You know what I mean? So now it's like, how do we get to that? Okay, yes, we we we're we're in now. And how do we compete with like, you know, some of the biggest artists in the world? And so that's really what I'm like hoping for and pushing for. And that's why I signed King Madi, because I feel that she has the opportunity to, of course, be huge in Africa, but also be relatable 
in America and be able to compete with some of the best in the world. You know what I mean? What will it take? Does it take a, a buy-in from the diaspora community, African diaspora? Mm. Does it take a buy-in from, you know, the world? Because if you're going to sell music, you're hoping that everybody will consume your, your, your songs. Right. Um, but also, Africa as an emerging market is still, there's so much potential growing. There Absolutely. The economy, the money. Absolutely. Um, what is that thing that is going to elevate the I mean, I think for one, it's going to take people like me, like not saying like in a very, but like, because I have the knowledge and the understanding of how to do it. I think what's happening with like, you know, a lot of artists, I'm noticing like, even like I've been, I, I, you know, I love going to concerts, right? And then sometimes I say, man, why was this artist performing here last night? Like this venue is not really, he should have, he should have went yeah. here or yeah. he should have went there. Yeah. So my brothers are still learning how to do a lot of these things and how to properly set themselves up in relationships and write the right deals and t you know, touring partners. Still things, they're still learning as they go, right? So I think it takes someone like myself and others who's done it before to come and say, listen, this is how you properly do it. And also, sonically, plays a part, mm -hmm. right? Because... As big as Afrobeats is, and it's going crazy, obviously, like, you know, some people still don't, may not understand what Ashake is saying. And which is cool. I'm not saying he has to bend or fold for them, but obviously it's making music to where they can identify West why Rimmer, because calm down, if you listen to it, Akon could have did that record. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or whoever, or Chris Brown. And because it's, if it's, it lands sonically to the ears of everyone. Yeah. So it's all those factors that I feel we're going to need to kind of just keep pushing it to that level, you know. That is Bu Chiam. He is the vice president at Columbia Records. He's also the founder of Bu Vision Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. And with that, we come to the end of our show today. Many thanks to our guests and to you, our listeners. Remember to connect with us on our social media platforms. We are at VOA Upfront on Instagram and on Facebook. You can also check out our previous episodes at VOA Africa com slash upfront. Until next time, I'm Jackson Vungani in Washington, wishing.